Record with Furniture Today, a podcast that goes behind the headlines to look at the news and the newsmakers, the people and the personalities that give the furniture industry its unique flavor. I'm your host, Bill McLaughlin, Editor-in-Chief of Furniture Today. Hi, I'm Trisha Yearwood, and you're tuned to Furniture Today's On the Record podcast with Bill McLaughlin. Before we turn to Bill and his guests, I just want to give a shout out to the entire Furniture Today team and remind you that when there's something exciting to announce, you'll read about it first in Furniture Today. And now, here's Bill McLaughlin and On the Record. Hello, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of The Home Front, which is running as part of On the Record. Pal, how are you today? Doing well, Tom. Excited to have our guest on here today. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, do the yeah, honor. Yeah, um, our guest today is one of those people who really re- needs no introduction. Um, Jerry Epperson, um, one of the managing directors at Man Armistead and Epperson, a name familiar to you all from his presentations to the industry, his numbers, his column and furniture today. He's joining us to talk about some of the things going on right now in the business. Um, don't have to tell anybody it's a little crazy out there, but um, we're Jerry, thanks a lot for joining us. I'm flattered as always. <laughs> yes, thank you. It's great to have you on our program. Yeah. Um, yeah, Jerry, we, um, you know, we always enjoy reading your furnishings digest and, um, you know, the, the your words of wisdom in our pages. But um, one of the things that's, one of the things I'd like to talk about off the get-go is get your take on pricing. Um, we are going to be having a report on pricing um, for goods to retailers. And I remember, I guess it was a month or two ago in one of um, your columns, you mentioned that to retailers that if you aren't raising your prices now, you're going to have some really good values that you're going out of business sale. Yeah, I, I believe that. Yeah. Well, you know, retailers are loath to raise prices, um, but these days it's becoming, it, it's striking me and Tom as a situation where manufacturers really, you know, they aren't like picking up a lot of margin with this. They're trying to maintain here. Um, you know, what what is your take on um, pricing these days and how do you think retailers should address that right now in this environment? Well, aside from the suppliers of raw materials, you know, bone, lumber, and the people that make the furniture, you know, the factories, the people that transport the furniture, and the people who accept it for the retailers, they're all raising prices, and they're taking advantage of this. And why? Because demand is good. When do you raise prices? When you can't sell a thing or when things are running out the door? You raise prices when the demand is there. Now, granted, we've got an unusual situation here in that we don't have a huge amount of traffic in our stores. What we do have is people that are coming in and they know what they're looking for and they know what they want to buy. So our close rate is very, very strong. And I think that's a big plus right now. But our retailers are extremely frustrated that they can't get goods. They can't get 
domestic goods because oftentimes they haven't been able, the factories domestically haven't been able to get their labor back. And then they rely on some imported components. Most of our fabrics these days and most of our cut leathers come from Asia. And if they can't get those over here, that hurts our domestic manufacturing. So they're a little frustrated that they can't live up to and take advantage of, of this demand that's out there. We'd love as soon as a customer comes in and says they want to buy it, we'd like to have them on the next truck on their home. And right now we can't do that. We, get, we make some promises and we have some hopes and we have promises that we know won't be won't be recognized. But anyway, we're doing our best. So our retailers are frustrated. And when you have this much business and you can't deliver it, it's it's discouraging for everybody in the loop. If a salesman has made a big sale, but they can't deliver it, and the store manager can't deliver it, the warehouse people can't deliver it, it's 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 frustrating to everybody involved, including for the for the manufacturer. Now, a lot of this is happening on the coast port, lesser to the east coast ports. But remember, eighty nine percent of all our wood furniture. It's now imported from somewhere. 95% of our metal and other, or the catch-all category, is imported. And only just slightly less than 50% of our upholstery is imported. So that's a, that's a logger neck to everybody right now. Mattresses are still primarily domestically made. Over 80% of them are still domestically made. But they still don't have enough capacity to meet the demand. It's a very unusual situation. Mm -hmm. Demand is there. We should be raising prices. The consumers don't know our prices. And my favorite example there is going to any accessory showroom. And within a half hour, a professional buyer from a major store will come in, start looking, and looking at the tags, and the first thing they'll say to whoever's walking with them, are these retail or wholesale? They don't know. <laughs> they don't know. This is people that do this for a living. If they don't know whether those prices are wholesale or retail, do you think our consumer does? You can look at the prices, right? My favorite example. Look at that. Do you think people know prices? And a lot of it is because of the way we advertise. Most of our advertising is at the same stupid price points we've had for years. And even when our costs raise and we raise those prices, we'll advertise the cheap stuff just because we've been taught that brings in trend. Very frustrating. And I think a lot of our stores are beginning to realize that this, this isn't a tree that's going to grow to the sky. This demand isn't going to continue forever. Our home building is great. Our existing home sales are good. Our new home sales are good. Our home remodelings are great. All that's creating demand. The millennials and the other population groups are doing what we want them to do. The millennials are moving to the suburbs and to rural areas because now they can work out there and not have to commute to the downtown uh, office building. So, there are a lot of those things that are happening that are extremely positive. 
Look at mortgage rates. My daughter just financed her new home for 2.75%. She moved in last weekend. And it's a jumbo mortgage. That's unheard of. Baby boomers never saw rates like that. And that's going to continue to spur all of this. Now, um, what I am afraid of is people are ordering and retailers are ordering and ordering and ordering desperate to get merchandise. And when it when the flow begins, when when the blockages stop, when the people are in the factories working, when the ports are working efficiently, and we begin to get the merchandise, I'm afraid what we're going to find is there's a lot of fluff in those those vendors' backlogs because some of our retailers have ordered more than once. Mm-hmm. Gets that that lineup of of recliners or power motion. Whoever gets it to me first. The others are going to get canceled. And so a lot of this is going to work its way out pretty quickly. I'm concerned about that. And it could happen as early as late this summer. Uh, could take later in the year. But then we're going to have a more active reflection of the actual sales at retail and the actual sales at the factory level. We'll get back to where those two mean. Historically, historically, what you watch that doesn't have inventory cycles is the mattresses because they slowed their product so efficiently to the retail stores. Even they're caught up now. So all the fundamentals for our business are real strong, but I worry about when the dam breaks, when these problems are corrected. I think we're still going to have demand, but our inventories right now reflect bigger demand because people are trying to get merchandise. That, that's problem number one. Problem number two, pricing. The Fed has come out and said they plan on keeping interest rates very, very low for three years. That's their plan. Do you see inflation elsewhere? Have you paid for gasoline recently or look at any number of things? Yeah. Have you ever been in a period of time when we had obvious inflation and very low interest rates? No, it's never happened before. And this is going to create a problem for us down the road, not just furniture, everything, because it's going to weaken the value of the dollar, and that's going to have some other impact. So it's a fascinating time to look at because the politicians are trying to appear generous. They're trying to act like they're filling campaign promises. But some things just don't work long-term in this economy. And uh, I think we're better situated than 75% of the other businesses. I just read where we've got 11,000 restaurants shut down. Yeah. I just read uh, yesterday, as a matter of fact, in one of my hotel publications, that 4%, 4% of all the unemployment that has been created by the pandemic was because of the hospitality business, restaurants and hotels. Wow. Yeah. You can imagine. So we're very blessed where we are right now, and we should be thankful. We should address it well. 
anybody who says that they're trying to, they're not going to advertise now because they can't deliver is, uh, I don't want to say crazy. I'm going to say mentally challenged. <laughs> Our consumers just got a check for 600 bucks. They're about to get a check for 1400 bucks. We're in the income tax refund cycle right now. A lot of the problems some consumers were facing, like being evicted or, or having their unemployment insurance stop, that's going away. Mm-hmm. Housing demand has, has not been better. Uh, Ed Hyman, the, the really, really great economist, called this the, calls this the great, uh, the golden age housing. The baby boomers and the, the Generation Xers are kind of moving in, following after the baby boomers. It's a wonderful, wonderful time. And the stock market's making a lot of us feel rich, low interest rates, the stock market. It's, it's a great time to be in our industry. I'm glad I'm not running a restaurant. I'm glad I'm not doing a lot of it. Can I, um, Tom, I'm sorry to jump back in, but just real, real quick, um, you mentioned um, the you know the backlog issue and the double ordering. Are you you know every every month we see the Smith Leonard report and shipments are just you know the discrepancy between shipments and orders is as wide as I've ever seen wider. Um, do you feel like some of this backlog is, is so is sort of artificial then or or you know with my mind? Pardon. In, the, in our environment right now, recliners and power motion remain hot. Consumers, when they come in and they're accurately demonstrated, want. And a lot of that has to do with the technology of where people are working and comfort and all that kind of. But they've got to have them. You got them on your floor. If you don't, you got a problem. Yeah. So if your guy you've worked with for decades, maybe is sold out until August or September, then you might try somebody else and see if they can get you something just to save your retail floor. I can understand the, the psychology behind it. Whichever order gets to you first, you don't want to pay for twice as much furniture as you need. So you cancel some. You know, it's funny that that subject came up because I was asking when we did our, our year-end year in review reports that question came up about um, written orders versus shipments or sales. And we had to kind of make the distinction between the two because there is indeed a difference. In fact, you referenced this too in your um, newsletter, Jerry. It was like a 17% backlogs up 17%, but shipments only ahead 3%. So it is going to be interesting. You know, we're thinking it's going to be a real banner year once these sales close. But but if there's cancellations, that could have a dramatic effect on what the final sales in the end might be. There's a slight difference between new orders for this period of time and the total backlog, which would include all that have, you know, not only this last month, but before. But whatever number you look at, we're looking at new orders, looking at backlog. Both those numbers are up a lot. And the shipments are, are not keeping up. The shipments are, you know, a fourth at best. Mm-hmm. The backlogs are growing. So 
that just illustrates to me the frustration that these retailers are having. I have noticed that I try not to go down the Twitter rabbit hole too often, but I do like to see what um, retailers are doing on there. And so many of the so many of the ads that I see in um, on that platform are saying we have this in stock now. You know and that that's that's basically that that's the pitch. We have this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I see that's I've seen more and more of that, especially in the last month or so. We have it. You can buy. It. Well, is there any, you know, I, I think um, housing does appear to be on, on the as strong as it's been in, in, in probably a decade or more. Um, how long do you see this holding up, Jerry? And are there pockets of the country that are doing better than others housing wise? Because the, the strength of the housing market is obviously going to kind of dictate what how long the demand keeps up, I would think. Using just demographic profile, you know, the the ages of people, so forth. It's it's gonna keep up until the mid uh, 2030s. Growth among the people in the 35 to 54 age group, which are the ones that are buying homes, which are, are the ones that are decorating homes, they're also the ones buying buying their next home or their next home and they're buying second home, vacation home. You know, by the time you're 35 to 40, if you haven't had a child, there's a good chance you're not. And by the time you're 54, there's a good chance you're ready to get rid of that child. So, you know, it all kind of flows together and make, make some sense. But we have that fundamental demand if something else doesn't mess up our economy. And we could see, for example, uh, I lived through when the prime rate was 22% in 1982. Hey, they're long, but it sure stayed between 12 and 20% for a long time. And I still remember at that time, most states had a usury rate, the maximum you could charge consumer of 18%. And if you're borrowing money, 22%, you're urge to lend to the consumer for 18% isn't very high. So we think that's a concern. Inflation can bounce the, uh, the, the interest rates if the Fed doesn't artificially keep them low. And of course, keeping them low requires a lot of other activities that may not be the best for our, our economic system. These are issues I'm concerned about, but I don't think the average Joe pays any attention to whether there's a difference between inflation and interest rates. I don't think they care. I think people are enjoying being able to get out a little bit more. We're all scared about a second wave of this mess. We're not already there. We're all concerned about the uh, uh, these four new that we have in Virginia viruses that have attacked. And are they going to grow? And are they going to take different uh, vaccines? I'm proud to say that next week on my birthday, I'm going to get the first of my two vaccines, finally. Um, And we had to basically go wrestle people to get that. Uh, If she hears this, I hope that little old lady I knocked out of the line is okay. You know, the... uh, the, 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 Jerry. You know, I just... I need a shot. Okay, so... This whole thing is messed up. 
the state of Virginia and some other states screwed up getting these vaccines out. Now, is getting a vaccine all of a sudden going to make you want to go out, bump elbows with a lot of other people? I don't think so. That, that, um, Let us go into a, a sit-down restaurant anywhere. We, if we're going to eat, they got to bring it outside to us. Well, that was something, wasn't it? This is Tricia again for Klausner Home Furnishings. From my very first collection, I knew I'd come to the right place, that Klausner understood what I wanted to do with my furniture, how I wanted to share my recipe for comfortable living with the world. Now, let's get back to Bill McLaughlin and see what he and his guests have to share with us. You started touching on some, you know, some of the, you mentioned other things out there that might affect us. Um, you know, we have a new administration in and you know, there's a lot going on um, uh, that's occupying time um, in D.C. right now. Um, you know, you've got the pandemic. You've got um, some pretty uh, raucous debates going on in the Senate. Um, but as things sort of as we get past that um, area, is there anything in terms of like government policy that you see on the horizon? Um, you know, those kinds of kind of overarching things that might affect uh, specifically the furniture industry? Well, I, I'm, uh, as a Southerner, I hate to see them go after our guns. <laughs> we thought we were protected by something called the Constitution that evidently doesn't relate anymore. Um, I hate to see them in any way discourage any of our kids from education. And some of these things that they're doing where they're going to give education to everybody, you know, one of the reasons you wanted to go to college is you wanted some sort of competitive edge out in the marketplace. And you hope that when you came out of school with a degree, you'd have a job. Now, all of a sudden, if everybody's going to get a degree, we're going to have an advantage. Are people going to want to go to college like they used to? And I'm going, I'm going to tell you a secret here. There are four-year colleges not worth a damn. You pay bills. You'll get through college, and you'll be handed a degree. Do you have any schools, any skills that will make you valuable to an employer? Probably not, but you had a good time. It, it bothers me that we're going to have this universal feel. It's, it's, it's like every kid gets a trophy, whether you did anything to earn it or not. And it's that mentality. So I worry about the differentiation and the incentive to go to school. College was tough. I went from a high school that had 50 people in my class to the University of Virginia, which had 1,500 people in my class. And I learned two things. Number one, how stupid I was. And two, I never knew I was poor until I went to the University of Virginia. So, I, mean, I just hate to lose that incentive. The other thing that we have that's going to help us going forward is new technology. I think we're going to have technology that's going to continue to make the home more valuable in places where you can go and work. I've got a friend of mine, actually two good friends of mine, who have left their jobs in New York. They aren't that strong. They didn't leave their jobs in New York. They bought an island, Bahamas, and they're going to move there permanently. And they can do the exact same work there that they were doing, sitting in an office tower in New York City. And I think that's coming more and more. Uh, I've been living in my condo here for a year and not commuting daily back and forth to my office. And I think I've gotten most of the work done. 
this is more comfortable. All of us save money because we we don't have to buy as much apparel. You don't have to pay for the transportation cost as much or the, the fuel for the vehicle. Uh, you, you're safer. We're creating less pollution. There are lots of reasons why this working from home is okay. We're at an age where we can do it. We couldn't have done this 15 years ago. There are a lot of things we couldn't have done 15 years ago. I think it's created a discipline in people that perhaps they didn't have before because most of us were working in an office environment. You know, it's like, oh, am I going to get anything done if I work at home? And, and you know, you find that you can be as, if not more productive, because there aren't interruptions. But again, this, this time that people are spending in their homes, the more they do it, the more they want to feel comfortable and have nice surroundings and furnishings. So I think that can continue to be good for the industry. Do you, would you agree with that? Yes. And again, I, I point back to this digest. We sell safety. You ask anyone in this country, where do you feel safest? And they're not going to say TGIF. They're going to say home. And where are you most comfortable? Mm, home. And where do you keep all your stuff? Home. <laughs> all those things are coming our way. We're going to see where consumers appreciate the home in ways that we have. We've been my generation in particular, been driven by an affection with automobiles. And I've wasted a good bit of my money, my wife can tell you exactly, on a, on a Porsche we restored on a 1988 Oakland. And I owned a 69 Camaro convertible for 30 years. It was my day-by-day driver most of the time. But at the exact same time, having those daily driver for my wife and a daily van for me. That's a lot. Now, more and more people are going to begin to treasure their home. And more people, I think, are going to begin to buy second homes instead of paying the big money to go on vacation. I just had a good friend of mine who bought a home down near my place on the Rappahannock River. And I'm so excited that they're going to be down there and we can spend some time together. And they just wanted a place where they could go and not wear a mask. But, um, you know, we've been talking about the way we're working at home, the way we're, um, people are adjusting, you know, you know, your whole lifestyle's changing. Um, the industry itself is, um, I'd like to get your take on, on some of these things going on in the industry to help the industry do business during this period of time. Um, you know, last pre market was just just crazy. 300, 300 doors open. Um, we had the first Tuesday, the HPXD. What what's your take on what's your take on some of these? Um, I guess kind of workarounds to get buyers in front of furniture, especially the large buyers. A big part of our current mess at the ports and our failure to get product up and running again is because we didn't have an April market uh, this year and we didn't have an October market. If we don't have the market, we're not talking face-to-face. We're not answering the questions, asking all the questions that need to be asked about when you're going to cut this and 
when are you going to ship this and all these things. We're used to doing that face-to-face and working it out. And if there are details, you follow up. But this, everything being done by email or sending notes back and forth, it, it hadn't worked as well as we'd love to think it should. And it will get better over time. But we're new at this. And I was in the auto industry, particularly imported autos. I talked to a friend just the other day about in consumer electronics. They got the exact same problem that we did. Get the stuff. And their markets have been shut down too. To learn and have that interchange of information. So anything we can do to get back better communications, to get back to uh, the ability to see things better. I'm convinced we're about to see a major revolution. That's the right word. Maybe evolution is a better word. In product. Uh, I like old black and white movies. I recently watched a hundred back to back of the old Perry Masons. Why? Number one, I love those cars. Oh, (laughs) ride around in an old, in a a 58 or 59 Thunderbird to see him in an old Continental with suicide doors on it and those kind of things. That was just, I love it. And then there are the women. And the women were beautiful. They were to the high nines. You never saw a woman walk in in jeans or flip-flops. It was fun to watch, and it took me back to a, an era that made me feel better. I think that we're about to see where the home is moving towards technology. And we are going to have our furniture move that way. And I've been talking about some of this for a long time. Our bedrooms. Our bedrooms were designed for a time when people ironed their clothes, folded them, and put them carefully in drawers. Now, you can look at me and tell I don't do that. Um, I don't know many people who still do. Today, we have clothes that are wrinkle-resistant. Those that don't need to be ironed, we have a lot of things that have changed. And one of the few pieces of furniture that's really shown the advancements here is our our power recliners. Now, you might remember we introduced power recliners about 91, 92. And we had a real run. We had a real run of those. But they had electrical problems. We didn't have the right motors. The motors were way too big and too heavy. And so they failed after about 18 months. Now we've reintroduced them, and they're just about taking over the whole industry. I've gotten a lot of calls from my friend retailers who are extraordinarily frustrated with having customers and not the right merchandise. And they all feel like they're being punished. Before Christmas, one of my in-laws called and was having trouble finding a power, fabric power lift chair. We all know about those. We know how many have, uh, how many use them every day. So I wanted to look just to remind myself of some names. So I went on Wayfair and I looked at Wayfair's assortment of power lift chairs. 
And I went through, they probably had 15 pages and over half were no longer available. Wow. Picture was still there, but over half were not available, not available, not available. Whole pages, not available, not available. And so I, I tell people that just so that they understand it's probably true in other categories on Wayfair. I just hadn't had reason to go there. And so everybody's suffering through the same problem. And it isn't like you're being picked on. We we always have that small store, big store. They're getting it out. Not, that's not really true. If anything, some of the smaller stores, because of who their vendors are, are getting merchandise from the big boys. Funny, because somebody just sent me a picture from a big box retailer I won't name out in um, Irvine, California. They sent me probably about 15 pictures. They texted me with their phone and the shelves were bare in almost every case. So, um, but anyway, Jerry, um, wanted to thank you again for taking time to speak with Powell and I. Um, you've been listening to The Home Front with our special guest, Jerry Epperson, managing director and uh, managing partner, rather, and founding partner of Man Armistead and Epperson, based in Richmond, Virginia. Again, Jerry, thank you so much for your time and thoughts. It's always a pleasure to, to speak with you and listen to your insights. Tom, thank you and pal so much for the privilege of doing this. And I promise next time I'll shut up and let you talk a bit. <laughs> no, they, people, yeah, we, we wanted you to do the talking. That's people people have to they have to read us enough as it is. <laughs> That's right. They want to hear you, Jerry, not us. Yeah. Thanks a lot for coming in. It's always Thanks good again. to see you. Enjoyed okay. it. Thanks. Take care. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.